Momentum, helping men succeed in life. This is Momentum. You're with Tim and Daz, and we've got a very special guest in the studio today. His name is Brian Andrew. Brian is from Live Happy Together. You can check out the website, livehappytogether.com.au. Brian's also a speaker and author, and his most recent book is called The Man Book, appropriately for this show, Daz. And so, um, Brian, it's a real pleasure to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks, Tim and Daz. Glad to be here. So, The Man Book. It says, play like a team and be happy together. Tell us a bit more about, I suppose, the, the motivation for writing the book in the first place. I think the motivation really is just to help guys. Uh, you know, a lot of guys these days haven't had good models hmm. of a dad, a lot of fatherlessness around. And I've worked with people at the coalface for so long. And I thought, guys need it short and, you know, just straight to the point. Hmm. No fluff. So when I wrote this book, I thought, I've got to keep it short. It's got to be funny. It's got to show my failures. Otherwise, who wants to read a book where the guy's perfect, you know? Mm. And so I included things like the world's first home-based art protocol. Mm. Um, I guaranteed the best sex a guy's ever had. If wow. they put into pl- – yeah, it's a pretty big offer. Wow, that's a it? big call. Um, and so it's, it's just short and it's like snappy and funny. And because I thought if they, guys don't like reading books, yeah, they especially don't like relationship books. And I think a guy, when it comes to relationship books, treats it like a root canal or maybe even a digital prostate examination, <laughs> you know, if I might put it that way. Yeah, you know, uh, I've never had one of those. So <laughs> yeah. Google it, Des. You know and the one of the funny things is when I'm presenting, sometimes I'll mention that there's a particular chapter on sex, you know, and, and I'll mm. say, now, this is a men's business book. Ladies are not allowed to read this book. And mm. when they come up to the book table, the ladies always want this book. <laughs> and then, not only that, they turn to that chapter. Right. And I thought, oh, it, at least it's fun. Humor kind of almost tranquilizes the human spirit. It, yeah. It softens things. And I think it makes people more receptive to what matters or truth, if you like. I mean, you said like you wanted to help guys out. So, I mean, in your experience, and it's been a number of years sitting in circles with guys in churches and, and that sort of thing, what would you say that the key issues for men, and I suppose when you look at where we are right now in the world, what, what are the key things that guys really struggle with, do you think? Man, I think, I just, I think a lot of guys struggle with a sense of self, you know, a good sense of self, like... Who am I? Um, I know when I was in my mid to late teens, uh, that was partly where I was at. You know, like, why mm. am I here? Mm. Who am I? I knew I was the son of Malcolm and Loris and the brother of three other guys and all that. But And I was a chippy at the time and a surfer. Surfer was up the top. <clears throat> but uh, I was so shy. And one of my cousins introduced me to beer um, so I used to drink a lot in my teenage years to overcome shyness, hmm. to uh, ask a girl to dance, you know, and at a pub or wherever, a club. Um, but, you know, it didn't hit the spot, but it did help me be brave. Yeah. But over the years, I think I've seen – well, I reckon what guys often lack more than anything is a clear sense of purpose. Like, I, I think if you can nail purpose, everything else kind of flows down from that. Hmm. And you wake up each day with that sense of, I kind of know why I'm on the earth. And, and, and I, th- I found that changed my life. Hmm. You know, when I really, at 19, uh, in a beach shack uh, in Kaikoura, 
which is in the South Island of New Zealand. We were surfing for a weekend. After I began to nail that, my whole life changed. I, I didn't understand particularly what it meant to open my life to God, but I experienced a life change. Hmm. I thought, man, I know why I'm here. So how did it happen for you? What, was, what led to that, I guess? I think a sense of uh, uncertainty. Yeah. I had a good family. So, and I didn't do drugs. Um, tempted to, but you know, alcohol was enough yeah. um, in those days. But, but uh, I think it was a quest, like surely there's got to be more to life. I could see my life unfolding. I was doing a building apprenticeship mm. and I had an offer of a partnership. And I thought, man, I can see I'll get wealthy, I'll, I'll become a developer. But I thought that's not going to hit the spot. Mm. And I had a few surfy mates uh, and we were on a similar quest. One of them was called Ray Comfort, which a lot of people have heard of Ray. Um, and, you know, he's now written 80 books he's in the States. He's an amazing guy. But we were away for a weekend. We would sit out the back and when we were surfing off mm. the east coast of the South Island and we'd talk about things. And Ray would look at me and say, what do you think about the Ten Commandments? And I couldn't actually remember them, um, even though I was a church <laughs> upbringing guy. Mm. I can remember one of them, you know, don't commit adultery. You know, that <laughs> <Okay>. was, I, <laughs> I didn't remember any of the others. <laughs> So we're talking about this sense of purpose for guys, mm. and for you that certainly came with a faith. But do you think then that a sense of identity is needed prior to that, or does the identity come out of the purpose? My observation would be it comes out of purpose, because a lot of guys try to get an identity around their passion, like classic cars, mm. or some kind of hobby or sport or you know adventure, uh, all of which can be great. Um, but their identity then becomes as part of that particular tribe, which is not a bad thing in itself. But mm. I think a lot of guys would say it's not enough. Mm. You know, isn't there something beyond that? And I think we're all pretty tribal. We always like being a part of a group. Of course. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, I think the identity in terms of the ultimate level of identity comes after we get that sense of purpose. So there will be men listening right now who really struggle with that. And there might even be, I dare say my age, and I say that because I'm 46. And up until recently, I've really struggled with going, who am I accepting who I am? It's taken a long time for me to kind of figure that out. And even that's, you know, with a, a faith of 20 years now, 21 years. So there will be guys listening who go, I, I, I hear what you're saying but I still feel like I'm a little child sometimes or I still don't really feel like I've found that thing or I'm not really sure who I am and what I'm meant to be doing. And my gosh, time is running out. I'm in my mid-40s. So for those people listening, what are your thoughts around that? It's a very tough question. I'm meeting with a guy now, once a week, right now, just started, who's in his 50s, a successful business guy, who's really asking that, especially over recent months. So somehow he's come into my world. So we're meeting once a week to talk this through. And just listening to him, he's got no idea, really. Hmm. Absolutely no idea. So, But he's interested. He felt he had a kind of spiritual experience that he can't define. And I said, it was kind of a little bit like magic, huh? You know, he said, yeah, because he just doesn't have – he said, oh, possibly a religious experience. Hmm. And I said, well, what do you mean by religion? And, of course – Here's a guy who's never been to church, doesn't go to church. And he, he said, well, you know, the, oh, he said, I went to church when I was a kid. And 
the rules, the regulations. And I said, you know, that's really, you're not talking to the right guy here. You know, I said, I would call myself a spiritual person, but not a religious person. Mm. And and his his eyes, you could see there was this, you know, an understanding. I, I didn't want to overwhelm him, but I said, have you heard of the term comparative religion? Nah. And I said, well, that's where you line up all the great religions on the planet. And C.S. Lewis was asked, for example, what is the difference between Christianity and all the other religions? And he said, oh, that's easy. It's grace. So I was telling this guy around my table the other day, wow. and I said, it's just, and of course, he doesn't know what grace means. Who knows what grace is? I said, it's basically, you can't get to God through an eight-step process or a three-step process. It just, God doesn't work like that. It's a gift. Hmm. And he, he looked at me and he said, well, okay. But I wouldn't say he had a light bulb moment, but I think it's a process because people just inherently feel they have to be good enough for mm. God. Mm. We all do. Yeah. And and it's like, no, that's not going to get us there. Mm. It doesn't work. And so it's a gift you have to unwrap. Brian, you, you started by saying that one of the, the chapters is basically the greatest sex you'll ever have. <laughs> So let's let's launch into that for a second because uh, you know that that should if if anyone's just fallen asleep over the last few seconds, uh, they've probably just woken up and gone, okay, cool, count me in for that. Uh, so, tell us how do we how do we reach that point? Honestly, it's about giving, not taking. And I think okay, oh, hold on, we're just going to let that sink in for a moment. <laughs> yes. Hold on, giving, not taking. Well, I think I think men generally are hardwired to take. Mm. And women generally are hardwired to give. Mm. And I think a woman will often keep giving in a relationship and then perhaps walk out. And the guy's mystified because he never understood that giving's a two-way street. And I think sexually speaking, uh, I met and married my wife in 12 weeks. We lived in different cities. So I we didn't have any pre-marriage talks and nothing much. It was like... Mm. Just, uh, it was almost like a business deal with some romance put on the top, you mm. know. And, and that's 44 years, you know, ago, and yeah. we still like each other. And we still have great sex, if I may. That's a pretty bad thing for younger men to hear that. You mean your parents actually do that? <laughs> still? Yeah, but after 40 odd years. 44 what? years, mate. You, you're like my granddad. Don't even mention this topic, you know. Um, but I think it's, it's about giving. And uh, I think the core essence for a successful marriage is giving, like each giving. Hmm. And and that includes the bedroom. There might be some men listening right now who are, are in that point with their wife going, yeah, but, 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 but you, you, you this and it's your fault. And it's, and it's uh, that, I suppose we're saying, let's drop the blame game. Hmm. And for a man to take the initiative here and take responsibility as the man and the head of the home in inverted commas to go, you're going to step up and you're going to lead this. Yeah, look, I think it, it does come back, of course, and it doesn't start in the bedroom. Mm. It starts with, uh, I think, a sense of purpose, um, values harmony as much as possible, knowing what we're trying to achieve here. And I think I think sometimes when it's difficult, men forget that a woman is actually like a storehouse of sexual energy. She really does want uh, to have sex, mostly. There are various, you know, I've met lots of people over the years and talked to people. Some people have a low sexual expectation, so I'm not, I'm not denying that. And mm. that's okay, and a guy has to, or, or the wife, because sometimes a wife might have a higher expectation. Mm. 
Um, some marriages often settle for a very low level of sexual because it's just too hard. And I think, so I think, you know, having your sense of purpose, shared values, um, waking up every day with knowing where we're going hmm. and recognizing there's different seasons of life. There's whitewater rafting where you hit your head on a rock underneath. There's still parts of the river where it's easy. Um, but I think there's different kinds of sex as well. You know, there's creative sex. There's um, sex for comfort. And without wanting to give too much information, there can be quickie sex, you know, mm. that it's just a mutual or one to the other, like, hey, let's just go for it. You know, mm. just because it's a stress reliever, mm. it's a, you know, it's a, there's a multiplicity of angles, always comes back to how she feels that you feel about her. Mm. Do you value her? Is it not just sex so you can get your own satisfaction? Mm. Um, is this a mutual exercise that brings us pleasure? Um, and and there are different seasons. But, yeah, so I, I say to a lot of guys uh, over the years, because um, I can think of a dinner around a table with a bunch of people, and the guys were complaining they don't get enough of it. Hmm. And we all know what they're talking about. <coughs> seems to be fairly standard. Oh, well, yeah. well and these, <laughs> I say to these fellas, well, how do you speak to your wife during the day? Yeah. Hmm. And they're like, what the hell's that got to do with it? <laughs> And I said, but if you're um, – it was actually more colourful than that. But, um, and I said, no, but you've got to speak to her and be kind to her with your action. Speak nicely. Oh, what's the point? And I'm like, guys. And the girls, the two ladies I can think of, the wives, were sitting there tearful, just mm. tearful, just tearful. And I thought, these fellas, they're not bad men, yeah. but they just didn't get it. Tell me about – you mentioned about kindness and uh, having that kindness relationship – Talk about that. How do how do men be kind to the partners and vice versa? How does how does that play out? Well, I think uh, one one of the things I put is the world's first home based fart protocol to you know just give you permission to do that in mm. certain parts and not certain. It's it's just a funny thing to get guys involved in reading the book and that. But flowing out of that, I think it's you know what do you do? You think about her. You you'll. Um, practically around the house you know like some woman would say when my husband cleaned out the oven that was the biggest sexual turn on he's ever uh, given me <laughs> serious you know yeah, yeah. Um, doing and he had no idea no <laughs> wow uh, so I, I think but kindness just it's practical it's intensely yeah. practical it, picking up stuff if you're a bit of a slob that you leave lying around that she has to pick up all the time mm. it's uh, doing the dishes it's um, when we had three kids under five, I remember thinking that five o'clock time slot is really tough for my wife right now, mm. trying to get the kids bathed and ready for mm. dinner and prepare for dad coming home. And this was in a more traditional environment sure. where I went to work and she stayed home during those years. And I made a commitment to myself. I didn't tell her that I'm going to get home at five o'clock every night for 12 months. Mm. And because I just knew that that made a huge difference to her and sharing the load and everything. Mm. I'm going to shift topic slightly, so let's talk about the P word, pornography, because, I mean, it's huge, it's everywhere, it's accessible so easily, and many, many guys are struggling with this today. Yeah. What's your experience? I'm not talking about your personal experience, but with those people that you speak to or your mentor, uh, what's your feeling with regards to this? How impactful is it being in men's lives? Huge. 
It's huge. It's um, I feel a bit sad when I start to think about it because I've seen the carnage for decades. Mm. I think it was over 30 years ago, perhaps the first guy asked to see me, married to a woman who was a model, uh, and he wanted to come and talk about the fact that he would rather, can I use the M word? Mm. He would rather masturbate with a magazine than have sex with his wife. Wow. And and I was just kind of starting out and helping people. And I, I remember looking at him and thought, his wife is every man's dream. She's a beautiful lady. Yeah. And, and a really, in many ways. And I... I think I was probably a little inadequate in my response at that stage. It's a, you have to learn a bit more yourself. But I'm sitting there thinking, why would you do that? And I came to understand over time that it's the fact that to have a good emotional connection with your spouse that leads to great sex is sometimes harder. I mean, look, he wasn't a bad guy. She wasn't a bad person. But So it's, it's just kept on coming at me over the decades. And I mm. think... Um, I never have any judgment, just never, because that doesn't help a guy. Guys often feel condemned themselves already. They mm. feel bad about it. Mm. I can't say I'm an expert in this, and I would never say I am. When guys talk to me, I said, look, you need to do a course like Valiant Man that yes. Alan Myers put together. Mm. In fact, that's probably the most effective one I've ever heard of. I've had some guys I know, I've recommended them to do that. Mm. And they said, that's the most helpful mm. thing. I've tried and I've tried and I've tried, but that course really helps set me yeah. free but i think too i say to guys sometimes look it's a bit like the toe hold foothold stronghold if you're dabbling in porn it's it's not too hard to give it up mm. if you keep on going further it becomes like a foothold a little harder if it becomes a stronghold which is a full-on addiction you've got to have professional help yeah you've got yeah. to have uh, Alan Myers type course or professional help and it's not something I would ever pretend to uh, offer because mm. it's beyond my pay grade you know well look we want to uh, again encourage you if you've been listening to this and, and it sparked something in you to pick up a phone have a conversation with a mate or go and find someone that you can have a conversation with we would certainly encourage that and uh, find a safe space for you to air whatever is happening in your life right now behind the scenes that, uh, again, you can find someone is going to lovingly accept you but lovingly challenge you on that process too so that you can find freedom from whatever it is that you are uh, battling with in your life. Our special guest today has been Brian Andrew. Brian Andrew from Live Happy Together. It's livehappytogether.com.au for the website. Brian's a speaker and author and been around the traps for many years. But one of his books and the one that we're going to refer to is The Man Book. Brian, an absolute pleasure chatting to you today. Thanks so much for coming in and sharing words of wisdom, advice, and just a bit of fun too. Hey, thanks, Tim. Cheers. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to momentumaustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org.